Hey everyone, welcome to episode 36 of the Nitty Gritty of Real Estate. We are today gonna to discuss millennial buyers. Welcome everyone, Tom Krieger here with the Tom J. Krieger team over at Keller Williams. I am joined today again with Sienna from Guild Mortgage, and we are going to discuss today millennial buyers. So welcome, Sienna, for being here. Thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So some of the things I want to get into are going to be like interest rates, what happens if you can't pay, misconceptions out there by the millennial. So let's get into it, okay? Yeah, you got all it. All right. So Sienna, first of all, right now, it's kind of weird because we're seeing the 10-year bond. It's going up and it's going down. It's going up and it's going down. And like myself, sometimes I get kind of weirded out. It's like, well, if the bond goes down, do the rates go up? Or if the bond goes up, do the rates go down? Can you speak to that a little bit, first of all, about interest rates, what's happening in the marketplace right now? And then put on your crystal ball and say, what might happen in the next <laughs> three to six months? Sure. Everybody, again, none of this is guaranteed. It's just years of experience. So let's go to it. Lots of experts that go into telling us all this information. Yeah. Um, so interest rates, you're right, they go up and down. Uh, as the bond goes up, the rates go down. As the bond goes down, the rates go up. So basically what that means is the more money that's in those bonds, the better the interest rates are. When there's less money there, then the interest rates go up. Um, interest rates are all over the place. You know, they're going to continue probably to keep going up right now. They're still great. I mean, interest rates are phenomenal. Like who can get in what, when did we ever imagine being able to buy a house with a under 4%, under 8% interest rate, right? And so it's it's amazing times right now. It's a great time to buy. Like I, if you're if you're interested in buying a house, definitely get it while the interest rates are low. Okay. So just to reiterate what you said, I remember when I first got into real estate back in the '70s, I had an 18% mortgage. That was insane. Although it's the only way we could get a house, right? What else are you gonna do? Yeah. yeah exactly. So fortunately. I believe personally, the Fed is kind of controlling that right now. For sure. I do believe we're going to see inflation coming up in the next three to six months. And I do believe that's going to affect the interest rates and it's going to affect the bond prices too. For sure. And so what happens when an interest goes up in a marketplace like so what you do is you lend money out just like a bank sells potatoes you sell money and there's a cost to acquire that money mm -hmm. that's an interest rate yep so in the marketplace when the interest rates goes up how does that adversely affect the affordability for let's say a first-time home buyer well, it definitely changes because the principal and interest part of your payment will change. So the if interest rates are higher, then what you qualify for could potentially be less uh, because that payment's going to be more. Um, when And so with the way the market is right now, it was really interesting when this first happened, when interest rates first dropped, we had a whole bunch of borrowers, we were going back through our clients and like, okay, well, this one, now you qualify or now you qualify for more. And then the same thing happened when they went back up, we had to go back and readjust what borrowers were qualifying for. Um, so with some, with some first time home buyers, with lower income families, uh, with tighter, you know, debt to income ratios, it definitely 
when we're close like that, the the rates adjusting does have a big impact on what they can afford. Um, so it's definitely about like acting at the right time or revisiting it with your loan officer before you're actually placing an offer if things have changed because they can change by the minute. So would you say that not only is it the uh, buyer's responsibility to check in with the lender. Also, the real estate agents who's representing the buyer's For responsibility sure. too, and, and not, the lender to check in with their with their clients yeah, as well. So, so all the professionals should mm-hmm. be in communication with the client who isn't a professional, right? Exactly. Okay. So, is there a rule of thumb like if interest rates go from four percent to five percent? How does that adversely affect the percentage of the money a borrower could borrow? That's a good question. I would have to probably plug that in and really figure that out. Like I, I haven't, I, yeah, I haven't, I haven't looked into those numbers. But I would think it's significant, though. It, it, it's four to five, a whole percentage yeah. rate can be pretty significant. Yeah. It, and but a lot of it, it's not really a rule of thumb. I think that you can put on that because depending on the amount that's being borrowed, that one percent makes a bigger difference. Okay. So if your loan amount's smaller, that one percent may not be as dramatic as if it was at four hundred, five hundred thousand. Right. That's going to be a significant difference. In qualifying. Okay, excellent. So if if I'm buying a house or I'm thinking about buying a house and I've never bought a house before, what's one of the things that I should be constantly watching watching as a buyer when it comes to interest rates? What should I be um, watching? I, I wouldn't. I would just stay in contact with your with your lender because a lot of information that is given to you through um, news outlets, it's not necessarily what's, I I just, I don't know how accurate it is. So people do, they, or they get letters in the mail or they get solicitation. And a lot of it, I feel like is bait. And so it may not be actually what is available to you. And it's all dependent on your situation. So every single loan is totally different. Hey everyone, we want to interrupt this episode to let you know that we are a Keller Williams Southern Arizona franchise. Also, we are licensed realtors practicing equal housing. Now let's get you back to the podcast. So would you say that there's a little bit of fake news out there? A lot of it. Okay. A lot of it. So the so the key really is to stay in touch with your loan officer. For right? sure. Develop a great relationship with your loan officer. And again, we're talking about millennial people who haven't maybe have not purchased a house. First time home buyer that are in the millennial end of, of their life cycle, if you will. Um, what happens to that buyer? Now we're down the road. We're two, maybe three years down the road. The buyer is in the house. Um, They're making their payments. Everything is going well. And their company goes out of business. And the the homeowner is unemployed for a while. And they can't make their payments. What happens then? Um, You know, it it depends on the situation, but there's always counseling agencies that are available to you. Even when you when you get your initial loan disclosures, there's going to be a list of at least 10 agencies that are there in that packet to help you if something like that comes up. Um, Also, I would just say call your lender, call the servicing department, ask them what options are available. The last thing we want to do is take your house like the very last thing we want to do. So most 
likely we're going to work with you. There's going to be options there to help you get through and and hopefully keep your house. So a lot more now than was in, let's say, 2008 and nine when it was brutal out there, I think right? it was overwhelming back then. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah but... Ultimately, the bank does not want to take your house. And so just call, talk to somebody, get some help, figure out what needs to happen, call a real estate agent, see if you can sell. You know, something you got to do something. You can't avoid it because something's going to happen, right? Don't be the hermit. Yeah, do not okay. avoid it. Talk to talk to the professionals that can help you get out of that situation. Okay. So, you know, I've been doing this for 40 years and I've seen all kinds of markets. And then one of the things I try to advise my buyers now that I work with is if you're unsure about your employment, if you're not sure that you're going to be in there for five to eight years, don't come and buying a house with like 3% down or maybe a no money down type of loan. Because if you have to turn around and sell that house a year from now, if you've lost your job, there's not going to be any money into it. You know, you're going to end up probably giving it back to the bank or worse, come to closing with money. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to educate my buyers. I'm sure you are, too. If you're unsure about your employment long term, maybe you want to come to closing with a little bit more money, have that equity position in there. And then as the house grows in equity, you've got a really good condition. I'd say if you're unsure about your employment history or your employment, your future employment don't buy a house. Don't buy a house. <laughs> because Great. we're looking at past, present, and future. So we're looking at your your past employment history. We're looking at your current. And then we're also looking at the likelihood of it to continue. So we ask your employer what your likelihood of continuing to be employed there is mm -hmm. in most cases. And so if that comes back and it says not likely we can't, we're not going to be able to lend to you anyways. Okay. That's, um, so it's a safeguard. So it's a safeguard. Yeah. yeah. So definitely if you don't know what your, what your future looks like for income, I, I wouldn't buy a house until you have something. I mean, obviously none of us can predict exactly what's going to happen. Right. Um, you know, anything COVID, COVID <laughs> can happen. Right. Oh. And, and so then you're like, Oh no, what am I going to do? And that happened to plenty of borrowers at the closing table or the day before closing, docs are out, and guess what? They lost their job the day before. That must have been horrible for it you was, guys. It was. It's a horrible message to deliver. But like they also, they know it's coming. You know what I mean? And and so, a lot of those situations, they we were able to. They were able to find something. We were able to push out closing. You know, everybody kind of worked with each other, um, but. It's, you know, it's tough. So definitely if you're not sure about your future income, maybe don't buy a house unless you, you know, I mean, there's all, you're Honest always going to make money. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So what about somebody that gets transferred a lot? Um, I mean, if you're transferred a lot, then you mean like within the same company? Yeah. So let's say you're in military, you're yeah. here for a year, year and a half, um, and you're buying a house and you are, uh, let's say, coming in with no money down yeah yeah and then you have to turn around and sell it like in next year most closing costs and what we call the cost of sales about seven percent of the price mm -hmm. and normally in a normal market not like last year where everything went up 17 percent right. a year but in a normal market it goes up between five and six percent yeah. so you may end up coming to closing with some money so i always try and advise my buyers 
let's be smart and build a little bit of equity in here. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would agree with that, especially if it's, so that's part of my conversation is how long are you going, how long do you expect to be in this house? Because that also helps me guide my clients on whether they should buy their interest rate down, um, whether they should spend that extra money, whether it's worth it, if they're going to be there for three to five years, or if they're just going to be there for a year, if their plan is to eventually turn it into an investment property, then, you know, you've got that as well. So definitely depending on what you're buying, your purpose for buying and how long you're going to live there is a conversation to have with your lender. And that way we can help make sure we set you up in the right way. So, so some of the themes that I'm hearing with you today is have conversations, For be sure. in connection with your loan officer and your real estate agent, make sure they understand everything. Let's not leave anything hidden behind the rocks. Absolutely not. Cause so, it'll come out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it always does. It'll right? come out yeah. And it might not be in time to fix it. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that there's like these three misconceptions that are out there that we're starting to see. Number one is that one in four millennials underestimate their buying potential by over $150,000. I believe that. I believe that. But also that may be what they're comfortable with their payment on. Mm -hmm. So I always tell my clients like what you can afford and what you want to afford are two different things. And they may be you know, one may be more than the other. Most right. of the time it is. So I, there's a lot of really savvy, financially savvy clients that I have that are like, I don't want my housing ratio to be any more than 20% of my income. And it's like, okay, like, you know, we'll yeah. stick to that. You can qualify for a whole lot more, but you know, it's also what they're comfortable with their payments. So definitely, again, talk to your lender and figure out what that number is. And I normally will say, here's, I'll tell my client, here's what you qualify up to, here's where your payment is comfortable at. So if you want to see what payments look like all the way up here, we can do that. And then that way, if you don't find what you like in the in the um, price range that you want to be in, you know what it looks like and whether it's worth it to step that up a little bit. So a lot of people, they just are uncomfortable with becoming house poor. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Also, we, we found out that one in four underestimate the increase in value of the house they actually have by over $100,000. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Again, lack of communication lack with of your communication. realtor and or paying attention. So I recommend for all millennials, if you're looking to sell a house you have, um, Get with a real estate agent. Don't trust all those other sites because remember in a computer, garbage in is garbage out. Sure. Talk with somebody who is on the ground and is not just reporting numbers. Somebody that's actually, you know, doing the business of selling real estate. And that's not my area of expertise. Right. So I will always refer them back to the agent. <laughs> right. They're like, well, what is my house worth? You know, I, that, that's not my job. Right. But I can get you in touch yeah, with Tom to somebody, who can get yeah. you a CMA. Well, somebody who's actually got yeah. their fingers in the baking of the cake. Yeah. They're not just there writing the instructions. Exactly. They're actually got their fingers in the baking of the cake. You know, another thing that's interesting is 47% don't know what a good interest rate is. They, You know, I grew up, like I said earlier in the, in the podcast here, 18% is what I paid for an interest rate. And that was rate probably good. First, yeah, at that time I was, <laughs> I was grateful to get yeah. that interest rate. Now people go, oh, it's three and a half or three and three quarter or three and an eighth. It's like, you don't know what you don't know, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. And, and it's true, you know, and it's all relative. It's relative to 
where we're at, what's going on in the market, what's going on in the world. Everything is relative. So whatever it is, your situation, you're probably going to get a good interest rate. It wouldn't make sense for lenders to have be able to offer some crazy low interest rate without everybody else having to kind of come on board with that. Right. So across the board, especially I think locally in in um, regions, you know, it's pretty competitive amongst lenders, even with fees and, and things like that, because we have to stay somewhat aligned. Yeah. Well, the Internet allows us to, you know, comparison shop, right? right. All right. Well, everyone, we've come to the end of our podcast. Thank you again, Sienna, for uh, being here. Uh, next week in our next podcast, stay here because we are going to talk about the ever-elusive credit score. Yay! Until then, America, <laughs> stay safe. Hey, thank you for listening and watching the Nitty Gritty Podcast here with the Tom J. Krieger team. If you are thinking about buying a home, selling a home, or even investing in real estate, please reach out to us. We are local here in Tucson, Arizona, but we are also connected to over 4,000 agents across the US. So again, looking to buy, sell, or invest in your hometown, reach out to us and let us connect you.